All of the practices that we do, all of the different forms of meditation, the um, the practices that we engage in of ethics and uh, self-restraint, uh, which are part of this path, the contemplations uh, that we may we may participate in, that we may, you know, bring a kind of reflections, things that we reflect upon. <coughs> They're aimed at helping us to discover that we are not who we think ourselves to be. We're not any idea that we have of <coughs> ourself as being some kind of a self. <coughs> and we may have, you know, aspirations or, or self-concepts of, you know, which are very <coughs> skillful and, and have a very high aspiration. But ultimately that is, it's not, it's not <coughs> the, uh, it's not where this practice brings us. It's not where this practice brings us to become a new and improved self. So you don't have to get rid of your old self. You don't have, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing we need to add to ourselves. You know, so, so, you know, sometimes people come in with a lot of uh, striving into practice, like, I need to learn this. I need to develop this. <coughs> I need to uh, have this standard of practice. I need to be practicing an hour in the morning, an hour at night, you know, because that's the right <coughs> practice. That's what it might be a wonderful practice, and all of these might be wonderful practices and, my, and right aspirations, great aspirations, skillful. But ultimately, we're, we're, <coughs> the practice is about letting drop, letting go all of these ideas that we have of who we need to be, who we must be, who we should be, and simply being, discovering that that space, that uh, that essential being of openness, clarity, knowing, presence. All of these words are pointing to something which you already are. Each one of us already uh, has everything that we need. Each one of us already has this clear, complete, and loving quality of, of our true nature is, is love. Love is connection. We're profoundly interconnected. So we have everything we need. So we don't need to memorize things. We don't need to remember all the time, you know, to do this or to do that. Simply need to be here, be present to ourselves. We have to remember just to show up all the time, to keep 
are arriving in each moment with our full with our whole heart with our whole attention <clears throat> so and then that's that also i mean i realized that i put that in a in a fairly um a complete way, you know, keep showing up with your whole heart. And then, and then, so then we can start, of course, the judging mind jumps in and says, oh, well, I don't do that. I don't show up with my whole heart. I'm drifting off and my attention wavers. Yeah, and that's, so that's part of what we notice. That's part of this process of just, uh, or this, it's not even a process. It's part of just this coming home this arriving, this presence, noticing that, not pushing that away, not resisting that. Yeah, my, the attention, okay, drifts into, into daydreaming a lot, you know, so noticing that, noticing it when it's happening in this moment. What happens when we notice it? What happens when we're present to the daydreaming? What happens when we're present to the irritation that arises? Or to the wanting things to be different from how they are? Or wanting ourselves to be different, feeling dissatisfied, or feeling like we didn't measure up? This, uh, this idea that we have of practice Many, many of us, I certainly had it, you know, when I began practice, uh, that somehow practice is about becoming somebody better than who I am right now. Becoming um, somebody different, you know. Must be somebody different than this person who's, you know, confused a lot of the time and... uh, not anymore, never. <laughs> uh, or, uh, or feels jealous, or feels um, uh, inadequate. And um, so, so this quest to perfect my mind, you know, to like. So the goal was to be a person, you know, who's who's accepting, who's kind, who's who's loving, who's compassionate, who, you know, all of these, all of these very beautiful uh, ideals to have. <clears throat> and and of course, you know, falling short of being that perfectly, uh, then judging and feeling inadequate and feeling like I've fallen short. Uh, and I finally, you know, after many years, began to get it. That, um, that, that the mind is not perfectible. The mind is just, it's, it's arising all the time because of different conditioning factors. You know, conditioning factors of our early childhood conditioning factors of our society, of our culture, of our language, of our religion, of our, um, of our education, of all of our experiences. So that's what's coming up in the mind. And simply uh, simply being the, the space, the loving presence, it's a, a Tara Brock phrase, uh, which I really like. She talks about this quality of attention, of mindfulness is a word we use, as loving presence. And this quality of loving presence to everything that we are is, uh, just unfolds, unfolds us, unfolds our spiritual evolution. And... 
uh, in its own time. You know, you know, the seasons happen in their own time. And when spring arrives, uh, we see the first buds come out, you know, and there's such joy. And, uh, and we're eager to see the colors of the spring, you know, after a long winter of, of um, less color, diminished color. And they come out and they open in their own time. And the Dharma is like that, practice is like that. <clears throat> it's been called medicine. And sometimes we see Buddha statues in which the Buddha is holding. Maybe you've seen it and, and, uh, and have wondered, what is, that, what is that little thing the Buddha is holding, a little vial? And uh, I'm not sure, you know, but I've, I noticed that the medicine Buddha always holds that little container. And I, 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 I think of the Buddha, of the, uh, uh, of the Dharma, as, um, as medicine. You know, we take medicine, and we don't know exactly how it's working, but we know we begin to feel better if it's the right medicine. Uh, we begin to... Uh, the, some of the pain begins to diminish, um, and uh, and our body is restored to health. And the Dharma is like that. Um, we can think of of the practice that we do as just working, working through us in ways that you know we don't have to understand every every bit, but we we just we're just uh, choosing. We're just arriving back in our lives, in our experience, in this moment, in a very simple way. Arriving in the present through our bodies. The body can become a kind of home base to us. We can feel, as we did in the sitting practice, in the walking practice, just in a very simple way, coming home to feeling the sensations. Sensations in the body bring us to the present moment because they're unfolding now. And we can't feel now a sensation that happened 10 minutes ago or that will happen in 10 minutes. We're feeling sensations in the body now. So coming back to the body is a very simple and beautiful way of coming back to now, being present, coming home. So the body becomes a beautiful space of our home base, a kind of refuge. Even if the sensations are not always pleasant, um, during the sitting, just at the end, for some reason, my left calf started cramping up, you know, really tightening, tightening, tightening. And uh, it's like, oh, you know, this is really in the moment <laughs> with that sensation. It's very intense. And uh, yeah, and I, I've learned that oh, I don't have to move because it tightens, 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 and then it just relaxes. And uh, so can I just be present with the intensity of... And of course, we don't want to endure pain for no reason. And uh, if we don't feel we can be with unpleasant sensations, whether it's a headache or cramp, you know, we can take care of ourselves. Being present, coming always to the present moment, we begin to see uh, aspects of the mind that we have been turning away from, uh, distracting ourselves from. And, and part of our practice, and we're going to be talking about this more throughout the week, but part of our practice is to stay, not turn away. So. So a feeling of sadness arises. 
We don't know why. You know, we might give it a story. I'm sad because. Um, but it could just be sadness. We don't know. We don't necessarily know. When we bring this this open, this loving presence, when we are this loving presence, we don't necessarily feel afraid of the sadness. It's coming. It's passing away. We don't have to fix it. We don't have to distract ourselves. We don't have to make it go away. It's just what it is. It's like this right now. It's like this. And then maybe the next moment there's peace. Maybe the next moment there's energy to do something. And often it flows like that. When we can actually be with whatever's arising, then it opens a new energy because it takes a lot of energy to keep stuffing down all of our feelings that are not pleasant. We find naturally, when we're present in our lives, that maybe some of the busyness, you know, that we fill our lives with so many activities, so much stuff, because it's just, it's just a way of trying to, you know, it's really all of the things that we do, you know, whether it's, you know, eating too much, or eating the wrong things, or, or, uh, I mean, I'm talking about things that we may do compulsively, you know, of course, we need to eat, we need to exercise, we need to, you know, these are beautiful parts of just being alive. But the things that we do in excess, the things that we're out of balance, you know, we're, we're really, it's really just arising out of love in a funny way for ourselves. Because we're trying to make ourselves feel better. We're trying everything we know, everything we've learned. You know, maybe that's what we've been taught. Maybe when we were crying when we were kids, you know, our mothers, you know, gave us a cookie to make us feel better, and that's what we learned. You know, and did anybody just say to us, you know, just feel what you feel. And uh, just, it's okay to feel what you feel. So then, when we're just being present with our experience and feeling what we're feeling, so what kind of self is that? It's just being alive. So it's hard sometimes for people to, uh, to really um, be comfortable with this way of, uh, of not, not knowing the right way, not knowing the right thing in each moment, not knowing what I should be, not, not be becoming the perfect self. Uh, you know, I mean, there are lots of ways that, you know, we can try to, you know, lots of ways out there. You know, I, I, I've subscribed to several of these, um, you know, like living social and group on these kinds of things. And Boy, are there a lot of ways to become, have more perfect body, have more perfect skin, to relax and, you know, have a more perfect experience of this or that. Uh, There's lots of ways that we can try to do that. But just to be, just to be here, to be now, to be without... being the most competent, the most knowing, 
there's a there's a saying in Zen um, that uh, not knowing is true intimacy with experience. So, so our our uh, our mindfulness, our practice of mindfulness, is a way of just being innocent of knowing, <laughs> being innocent of having all the answers of of knowing what everything is and just really bringing that those fresh eyes you know I, I love it that we have a baby with us uh, she can be a, a a little reminder for us of what it is to experience the world with fresh eyes but of course you know she's also we need we need the <coughs> maturity and the wisdom of being an adult and the innocence of a baby So med- mindfulness, meditation, brings this, this attention to our experience, moment to moment, which is fresh, innocent, non-judgmental, not knowing, always inquiring, always listening. That metaphor of listening that Pascal used is this beautiful fascinated the way that we are when we're in love when we fall in love or we have a new baby or you know um, we're learning something new you know it's beautiful to also feel that we have skills and competencies, you know, and, and, and we just, things that we've been doing, you know, there are people here who are artists and psychologists and, um, and social workers and, uh, and people with many different skills in life. And, uh, and so, you know, in this, in, in, the, in our activities in the world, you know, those, th- those competencies just become part of who we are. It's, uh, it's part of how we uh, respond, you know. I mean, but part of, perhaps part of, um, part of our, what we can bring to our competencies is a freshness. A freshness of, uh, of not knowing. <coughs> of discovering. So, can we discover that we don't need to bring a whole lot of, uh, you know, it's good to prepare. It's good to, you know, I, I made some notes, we made a schedule, you know, we've... Uh, you all have pre- prepared in different ways, you know, for the things that you do. It's great to prepare, but um, can we also not know? Can we be ready to receive in the moment what the moment is revealing about what we need to know? So if we, if we go to speak to somebody, you know, at work, or in a relationship and and we think we understand what the problem is you know we've 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 kind of uh, figured it out for ourselves this is a problem the problem is that you know so and so is not doing enough of this or or is too much that and then and then that other you know, reveal something new to us that we didn't know. Can we just be so present that we can actually receive that and have a fresh new perspective on on the whole thing, on the whole conversation?
So we practice mindfulness to start paying attention in the moment, to bring our mind, which is so conditioned to think, to plan, to figure things out, to problem solve, to to be recalling things again and again and again, uh, and going over it again and again and again, figuring out how to do it different next time. Um, and we're, we're just always going past present, past present, you know, and just bringing our attention, mindfulness of the body. We start with mindfulness of the breath, mindfulness of body sensation, to just bring our attention without concepts to our immediate experience, or, or letting go of the concepts, letting them, letting them just be put aside and bringing it fresh to our immediate experience. And, you know, fear can come up. You know, can I be that simple? Uh, fear can come up. Can I not know? Um, fear can come up. You know, am I going to look uh, incompetent? You know. So there's, and we so we encounter that. We encounter that fear as soon as we, you know, think about letting go of this self. And so, you know, we open to that, that fear, that anxiety. That's, that's what's present. I think that, um, you know, one of the reasons, for myself anyway, uh, an insight, you know, a, a number of you spoke about how difficult it is to integrate uh, practice into daily life, to, to, to just really sit every day, uh, you know, let go of our planning mind, um, open to becoming just empty, you know, silent. Not that the mind has to be silent, but that we, we open to that space of silence in which the thoughts arise and pass away. So that space of knowing is a space of silence. And, and you know, a real resistance that I, that I had, that I, I had an insight into um, at some point in my practice was that this sense of uh, just letting go of, um, you know, letting go of trying to improve myself. Uh, or if I was doing the practice because I needed to improve myself, I needed to try to perfect this mind, change this mind, become something else. Well, there was a resistance to it because it's a kind of violence. You know, I need to get rid of this being to become something better. You know, none of us wants, on a deep level, we don't want to do violence to ourselves. We, we, <coughs> want, we want to be happy. You know, we want to, we want to experience the, the peace that is a natural part of who we are. So, um, so I, I also want to mention, and because this might come up as a question in your mind, you know, well, we, we do cultivate you know, loving kindness. We do cultivate gratitude and compassion. There are practices in which we, you know, we bring this quality to our awareness and we we try to develop it, you know. So what about that? Isn't that trying to improve our mind? So, um, uh, so what I would say is that really I think the spirit of that practice, of those practices, 
is that what we pay attention to in our lives is what we're cultivating. You know? So are we paying attention to uh, irritation? Are we paying attention to judgment? Are we paying attention to, um, to uh, being an object of desire in the world, trying to create ourselves to be an object of desire? You know? uh, is that, you know, what's calling our attention to getting more stuff, to, to having power over others? You know? so, so those are certain kinds of ways of paying attention, and those we can cultivate those qualities of mind because what we what we're attending to is what we're developing. You know, but we also have those innate qualities. It's part of of our natural being, of love, of compassion. Uh, they're very natural because uh, we're not essentially separate. So if I love you, you know, I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving my own heart. It's life loving life. You know, it's, it's, it's life as Daryl, you know, loving life as Roxanne. And, and it's, it's life, and that's the nature of life. And so, so we, so we can touch those qualities in the heart and we can connect with them and bring attention to them and and they bring great joy and they bring their true their expressions their manifestations of the truth because all of those qualities gratitude love compassion uh, uh, joy in others in others uh, happiness and success these are all ways in which they bring us into connection these are all qualities that bring us or expression our expressions of connection um, with life. And and even those those other aspects which you know, I talked about the, you know, the greed or the judgment or the anger. You know, these are also manifestations of life. But they bring us more into the delusion of separate selfhood. They bring us more into feeling that we are uh, different than, other than, um, separate from, you know, you or them or that other group or that those other that other tribe or whatever it is that we're cutting ourselves wherever we we draw the line wherever we cut ourselves off. So so when we're cut, cultivating that, we're cultivating separateness. But 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 as I said, you know, part of and a very essential part of this practice is just not is just to be open to those experiences when they arise, not to push them away, because they're part of being human. And when we can open to them, we can have compassion uh, for ourselves and for humanity. When we open to our own shadow, to the to the grief, to the anger, to the loneliness to the sense of inadequacy that we've been looking away from all our lives. We are opening to the whole world, which is also driven <coughs> by those, by those <coughs> painful elements. So we keep arriving. <coughs> this is how we practice. We're just practicing moment by moment, arriving. And, and even to say it in that way, that we keep arriving, it sounds like it's something uh, 
that there's a separation between ourselves and our experience. So it's just that we're, we're, we are that experience. We are that unfolding. <coughs> you know, we are that. And, and so just knowing that, opening to that, is what we keep doing. Mindfulness is training the mind just to come back to the present moment. You know, we, we train mindfulness of the body, mindfulness of breathing, mindfulness of feeling states, emotional states. We're learning to just come back, stay with, not turn away. And, um, and there are so many ways of expressing that and so many teachings about this because there are so many ways of learning it and so many different minds each one of us has a different kind of mind, and we need different ways of hearing it. And, um, and so we arrive as, you know, as we go home, you know, as we go to work, as we go uh, to school, whatever we're doing, we're arriving, uh, landing in our experience in each moment. And so, it's, it's ever-expanding, ever-deepening. Uh, I haven't found an end to it. Um, <coughs> so I think that's all I'm going to say. Um, and... Uh, And so I'd like to hear from you uh, any response that you have, any question or any uh, um, not not getting it or uh, not it not feeling right in some way or uh, yeah anything that comes up that you'd like to say. And also I I see that. Uh, yeah, we've been putting a lot of focused attention in this morning, and, and that can feel tiring when we're not used to it. So I'm, I'm seeing, you know, some, a little bit of, you know, okay, feel people kind of coming, you know, our attention span, we're, we're, uh, we're usually, you know, kind of going from this to that, and we've really been bringing some energy and, and, um, Commitment, commitment um, to to keep coming back, and that can feel like can feel like work, especially in the beginning of practice. Can you tell me your name? Natalie. Natalie. Thank you. <coughs> de ce que j'ai ressenti longtemps, c'est qu'il y a... J'en je, parle à des gens qui vont le faire, puis on dirait qu'une des choses qui me vient maintenant, c'est... Parce qu'il y a souvent une culpabilité de ne pas être capable de s'asseoir, puis de méditer, euh, puis de... Um, OK. So, uh, peux-tu parler un petit peu um, lentement? Lentement, OK. Et aussi... Uh, Éclairement, euh, les mots, les mots articulés, parce que... OK. C'est ça, c'est la culpabilité. Um, like the guilt of not being able to do it every day. And, yeah. Uh, OK, en français, mais... Oui, c'est une bachelette. J'ai vécu ça beaucoup. Uh, comme justement, pour devenir meilleur, il faut que je m'assoie, puis il faut que j'en fasse mon deux heures par jour. Ou, euh, puis c'est drôle parce que je n'ai pas médité depuis le mois de janvier, mais je me rends compte que je m'assois et je médite. D'une certaine façon, c'est l'intégration dans, dans la vie de tous les jours. En tout cas, pour moi, la, la bataille est de cette culpabilité-là de ne pas le faire comme il faut, pas autant que je ne pas être assez quand je le fais. Je ne sais pas, dans les derniers mois, il y a quelque chose, peut-être en, en décidant, mais là, c'est pour moi que je le fais, c'est pas pour faire plaisir à personne, c'est pas pour, quand je vais mourir, il n'y a personne qui va 
calculer le nombre d'heures que j'étais assez méditée dans ma vie, puis vous me donner une médaille pour dire que j'étais méditée. Puis je ne sais pas quand, quand j'en je, je, parle à des gens qui vont faire des, des, des stages, soit ici ou euh, ailleurs, euh, parce que j'aurais aimé ça qu'on me le dise avant, euh, avant de commencer, euh, de ne pas m'en faire, puis de ne pas, pas me sentir coupable parce qu'on. Just so she said she would have liked to be told before that uh, there was no need to worry about like being perfect. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. Uh, yeah. Parce que je pense que la tradition que j'ai faite, c'est si tu fais le cours de jour, puis là, il faut revenir le matin, puis le soir, puis si tu fais pas ça, ben, fait que là, t'es toujours un peu déçu de ne pas être capable de faire. J'avais vu Sharon Salzberg euh, euh, au Massachusetts, puis, euh, puis j'étais dans ce questionnement-là de qu'est-ce que je fais, tu sais, euh, puis bon, on avait vécu quelque chose de similaire à ce qu'à un moment donné, quand la méditation, ou l'idée de la méditation, tu as même pression sur les épaules, tu as fait presque peur, et là, elle commence à être un petit peu, tu sais, c'est fait que là, on, on se demande pourquoi on le fait, est-ce qu'on le fait pour soi, est-ce qu'on le fait pour faire plaisir à quelqu'un? Euh, yeah, so, so if I can just reflect back what I understand and I, I didn't get all of it mm -hmm. but um, but what I reflected what I what I got was uh, a lot of guilt for not meditating enough and uh, and and you talked about being afraid of not doing it right is that or disappointment and and feeling that there's a standard somehow that that you are, yeah, you're being judged, and yeah, and this is really, um, I mean, there, we have so much of that in our lives, don't we, you know, where we have to measure up. Uh, and, uh, and so we've internalized it. Um, and, and, and not to come down on ourselves for that, you know, like, oh, I'm so silly. I mean, it can be just another reason to judge ourselves, right? It's like, oh, uh, you know, so, But really, uh, to to really open to what does that feel? You know, how do I experience all that pressure? You know, um, with compassion, to really open to it with compassion, um, and and to know it. You know, it because it's a visitor. It's a it's a it's a frequent visitor. Uh, you know, when we are formed, it's a frequent visitor in our minds, in our in our attitudes, in our you know, in the choices that we make. You know, this 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 feeling of I'm not good enough. I need to measure up. I, somebody's judging me. You know, um, and uh, so um, t so not to feel that somehow that's another thing that's a failure or to feel guilty about, but uh, really welcome an encounter, welcome to know this. Uh, you know, Rumi, um, uh, Jalaladun Rumi, I forget how to say his first name. Uh, Rumi is a poet, a Sufi poet um, from um, I think the 14th century, uh, Persia, and um, he talks, he has this poem called The Guest House, uh, and he says, uh, to welcome every, all of our experience in, you know, um, even if it's, you know, a meanness, a, uh, a, a, a an anger, a judgment, and he says, even if you feel like it's going to just sweep your house clean of everything, you know. Even if you feel that this, just allowing this feeling to be known, even if you feel that it's, it's more than you can bear. But Rumi says, welcome it. It will sweep you clean for some new and delightful uh, visitor. So, so we, we need to turn toward uh, our experience instead of having it pushing us all the time. So we need to 
with compassion, with caring, with kindness, with interest, um, look at those states which are uh, which we've so identified with, <coughs> which we have been so deeply conditioning in our lives. Um, you know, it it, it was. Um, it was really, for me, uh, you know, states, thoughts, which would come up. And um, uh, of, uh, of, of being not good enough, uh, of being, uh, you know, and, and then at a, at a moment, you know, an, an insight is this kind of moment of, of seeing, you know, instead of turning away. Uh, of seeing and um, and and realizing how conditioning that had been in my life for so many years, and, and real a, a real compassion um, for for that in that moment of uh, and also in in seeing and having compassion, there's also a glimpse of freedom, because when we see, when we're knowing, we're no longer kind of lost, you know, in that, you know, completely colored by that experience. In the seeing, there's a, there's a, a, a space, you know. It's, um, it's like the eye can't see itself. But, uh, so when we can actually see something and know it, uh, we recognize that we are more than that. Uh, so there's, there's this uh, process of... <coughs> non-attachment uh, of letting drop away which begins to take place it's a beautiful process thank you Anybody else have any comment or question or something that's just coming up for you that you'd like to express? Yeah, thank you, Martine, for mentioning that because I I, I lost that piece when I yeah uh, we it's it's something instead of you know needing to become something else or you know measure up you know that we do it because we love it it makes us it it brings us to peace it brings us to a sense of happiness or equanimity. Uh, and having a discipline can be something that feels beautiful, you know, feels like, yeah, I mean, when I, for me, you know, if I, if I don't sit down in a morning and, and, and just take some time in my own way to, to just really become present to myself and, and some time with the teachings, uh, you know, I feel like, um, I'm missing something, and it's not that I'm bad, uh, but if I I wouldn't want to do that, you know, too many days in a row, you know, and it happens, you know, I uh, I got to jump up and go, or or you know, things get started and then I never get back to it, but but having that uh, it keeps calling you back because because when we are sitting, we are connecting. 
with just the simplicity of our our true self, <coughs> the simplicity of you know just that knowing, just that being, not being somebody. You know, um, there's a, a beautiful um, poem by Emily Dickinson um, called "I'm Nobody." Uh, you know, and uh, and she says, "I'm I'm nobody." Uh, who are you? Are you nobody too? <laughs> I'd rather be nobody. Uh, I, I forget it. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it in. But she says, "I'd rather I'd rather be a no nobody than be somebody." You know, and she uses this image of a frog in a bog, kind of announcing himself and being that somebody. It's you know, and so when we're somebody, you know, we are always kind of presenting that, pushing that, that somebody, you know, we want that somebody to be liked, we want that somebody to be, you know, uh, wanted. And, yeah, so just, it's a time, we, meditation can be a time to be nobody. <laughs> just a time to be, it's a beautiful time to be. And and just and just to <coughs> add that everything, our whole life is meditation. You know, like when we begin, we might say, "This is the time I'm doing this." But yeah, just that meditation is everything. It's, it's seamless, really. It's a seamless practice, and so we can just bring that simplicity and in being into each moment. Mm-hmm.